Welcome to the Red Door Church Sermon Podcast. Red Door Church is a church seeking to transform the city of Pretoria by the power of the gospel. We are distinctly mission-minded, community-cultivating, and city-loving. Please enjoy this week's sermon, and don't forget to follow and continue the conversation by sharing with those around you. Good morning, church. Uh, It's really good to be here with you all. Uh, Really good to be meeting in person. And I'm super grateful to have this opportunity to share the Word of God with you all this morning and to share on this really uh, interesting yet uh, difficult subject of sloth and slothfulness. Uh, For those of you who don't know, my name is Jason Devonish. I am from a very small town in Joburg known as Santon. You you may have heard of it. Um, And yeah, quite some exciting things happening. I feel like September has just been a really exciting month. Uh, You know, yesterday we had Cristiano Ronaldo debuting for Manchester United. Really exciting. And in less than two weeks, I'm going to be married, which is also super exciting. And uh, yeah, it's just been, it's been a really good month. As much as it was Temba's birthday on Friday, it was also my birthday uh, on on Tuesday. So it's really been an exciting couple of days and uh, really exciting things coming up as well for the month of September. Uh, But my fiance Megs and I, we joined Red Door beginning of 2021 to sort of experience church planting and what it looks like and I have to admit it's nothing like what 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 I had in mind Uh, there's been a lot of things that have kind of surprised me things that I didn't really uh, expect but it's been so great to be on this journey and it's been such a privilege for us to be a part of this amazing church community and man just so grateful to be here with you all this morning to share from God's word but before we jump in uh, any further let me pray for us and then we'll get started Father, we want to thank you so much for this morning. We thank you for church. We thank you for Red Door Church. And Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you, Lord, that we know that it is your written word. And uh, Father, we just pray that as we come to the subject of sloth and slothfulness, Lord, that you would be with us, that you would guide us, Father, and that um, you'd really challenge us, Lord, uh, challenge us and remind us that we were created for more. Um, and we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. So, uh, a couple a couple of months ago, Rain was sharing in his sermon that, that you know when he is looking at a new product or something he wants to buy, he does he watches tons of review videos and he does a lot of research on those things before he uh, he purchases them. And I want to say I'm exactly the same, but specifically with tech products, I love tech. So when I want to buy a new phone, I watch all the reviews. If I want a laptop, I watch all the reviews. Anytime I'm going to buy something, even a game, I watch all the reviews and I try and get as well um, taught on those uh, gadgets it's actually quite ironic because sometimes I'll go into the store to purchase it and uh, I then know more than the salespeople um, about the project uh, the product and it's it's really it's really funny but um, one of the things that has really excited me over the past couple of uh, years is the idea of smart homes does anybody here know uh, what a smart home is or how it works so basically, a smart home is um, really, it's basically you have these devices, these smart home devices, and I'm not going to say the one term because if I do, my phone's going to go berserk. Um, but one of the, the products is, so it's the Google Home device is one, and the other one is the Amazon Alexa. Some of you guys may have heard of Alexa, but basically you say, hey Alexa, please turn on the living room lights, and the living room lights turn on, and hey Alexa, please open the garage door, and the garage door will open. But 
I must say, especially overseas, you know, in South Africa, we still lightweights. We only can control our lights so far. But overseas, it's actually quite insane. People have smart fridges that can tell when you're running low on certain products and order those products for you from Amazon. Uh, Amazon has recently opened a store where it doesn't have tellers anymore. You just walk in, you take what you need. You don't even need a basket. You can just put it in your pockets. And when you walk out, it will charge you for those items automatically. Um, and it really is incredible to see how smart homes and smart te smart technology is coming along um, and it's really exciting but not too long ago I had a chat with a good friend of mine about this and I said man you know like I'm really excited about where AI and artificial intelligence is going but at the same time I'm really nervous because it's putting people out of jobs uh, you know we're moving into a space where we're not going to need tellers in many countries we no longer need um, petrol attendants um, but there's a lot of ways in which this technology is is leaving us or, or causing us to do less and he kind of looked at me and he was like but jay isn't that the point of ai isn't that the point of smart homes and and all of this technology to get to a point where technology does everything for humans and we do less yet we survive at the same rate or better yet we survive even more comfortably um, because these things are doing it for us I mean, for me, it's just, it's amazing to see how technology is creating a space where, yes, humans do less, but let's be blunt and let's be forward about this. It's getting us to a point where we can be more slothful and yet still survive comfortably. We can be more lazy and yet we can still survive comfortably. But maybe, I mean, maybe you're sitting here today and you're not sure if this, if this is one of those sins that, that you struggle with. Maybe you're sitting here today and you're like, man, this one is not that big for me. It's not as big as lust or one of the other seven deadly sins or the other six deadly sins, should I say. This one's just not that big. But I want to propose here this morning and say that, that I actually think that each and every one of us struggles with this sin in our own way. And the point of this morning's message is not to, to point fingers at one another or for me to point fingers at you or to have us all leave here this morning feeling super guilty about being lazy or feeling discouraged. But rather the goal is for us to see why and how laziness and sloth and slothfulness is not what we want for ourselves and it's not what God wants for us. But rather church that we are and that we were created for more. And that's a phrase that I want us to keep in the front of our minds this morning as we go into this message is the phrase created for more, created for more. I am created for more. And when I say I, I don't mean me, just Jason. I mean us as human beings to say that to ourselves individually. I am created for more. Before we jump right into the passage this morning and into the message this morning, it'll be good for us to identify what sloth actually means. When I say the word sloth, for some of us, our mind will jump to one of two things. And that is either one, laziness, or two, Sid the sloth from Ice Age. And uh, it's definitely not the latter, <laughs> but, uh, but definitely the first, you know, laziness forms part of slothfulness. But slothfulness is a lot more than just being lazy. 
Brian Hedges defines the sin of sloth with four characteristics and I found this definition really helpful for my own heart as I wrestled with this message. The first one is carelessness. The second characteristic is unwillingness to act. The third is half-hearted effort. And the fourth characteristic is becoming easily discouraged by any possible difficulty. Let me just repeat that because this is really important for us as we go into this. The first characteristic that Brian Hedges defines the sin of sloth with is carelessness. The second characteristic is unwillingness to act. The third characteristic is half-hearted effort. And fourth and finally is becoming easily discouraged by any possible difficulty. It doesn't really leave much room for error, does he? Now we hear that and we're like, okay, I definitely see that in my life. At least one of those characteristics, maybe more than one. But for this morning, as we, as we tackle this, one of the seven deadly sins, as we look at this topic of sloth and slothfulness, um, the first thing I want to say is or address is the reality of sloth. The reality of sloth. And the reality of sloth is that there are so many negative effects of this sin, spiritually, physically, mentally, and even economically. You see, church, because we have more things being done for us, we are able to slip so much more easily into our slothfulness. How easy is it for us to just pick up the TV remote and slouch down on the couch instead of getting to that assignment that's been waiting for us? Right, varsity students? How many of us can think of that assignment that's actually sitting on our table waiting for us right now? Or looking at that one thing that your wife has been asking you for weeks to fix, but the footy's on this weekend and, well, let's be real, the footy is way more entertaining than having to fix that thing that your wife has been begging you to look at. See, church, there are so many examples that I could give, but I think we all know how this secret yet deadly sin plagues our lives and the lives around us. Just look at how many self-help YouTubers and books there are out there. Think about the amount of self-help YouTube videos that have been made to help people cope with this this laziness that, that we struggle with, this slothfulness, this lack of motivation. Think about all the books that have been written about, about helping ourselves and finding, finding our way out of the ruts that we find ourselves in. Our society clearly knows that there is a problem. Our society knows that there is something unnatural about the lifestyles that we are living. Recently, about a year and a half ago, our country was put in a lockdown. And in my opinion, that lockdown only accelerated the sin and made it so much worse. We have people working from home, and I'll speak for myself here, but working from home is really difficult. I had a chat with a friend recently who, who owns his own business, it's a printing business, and he was saying that, you know, prior to the lockdown, he would be working with people from certain companies, and he would get same-day responses from these people and sometimes it would even take, um, you know, it would take a couple of days to actually finalize and close certain projects and, and proceed with the printing. Whereas now it can take up to six weeks for some of these things to be done because where people used to respond on the same day, they're now responding four to five days later. Why is that? Well, it's because there's better things to do at home than to work. 
Proverbs chapter 13, verse 4, it says the following. It says, The soul of the sluggard craves and gets nothing, while the soul of the diligent is richly supplied. Let me repeat that. The soul of the sluggard craves and gets nothing, while the soul of the diligent is richly supplied. What, is the, what does this mean? Well, simply it means that the soul of the sluggard finds no fulfillment. The soul of the sluggard struggles to find purpose, doesn't know what the purpose really is. Think about those days where you may have had a really unproductive day. Don't you feel less useful at the end of the day? Don't you feel a little bit worthless at the end of the day? Like, what is my purpose? Why am I even here? What am I doing? Because today, I didn't really do much at all. While the soul of the diligent is richly supplied. We have less being done. People are less active. Anxiety levels are on the rise. And church, please know this. I'm not saying that people who have anxiety or struggle with anxiety are lazy. Or, or what I'm also not saying is that people have anxiety because they're lazy. That's not at all what I'm saying. But think about the knock-on effects of our laziness and our slothfulness in our daily lives. Think about how we affect our stress levels when we keep putting off those assignments where it one point we had three assignments due over four weeks now all of a sudden we have three assignments due in the next two days or all three assignments are due on the same day and we're under so much pressure because we've procrastinated and put this thing off for so long that it's now compiled our stress and that adds to our anxiety that adds to our stress it adds to our depression and all of a sudden we find ourselves in a space where we can't cope think about how slothfulness affects those around us our colleagues, our families. Think about how this how it affects our productivity as a whole. But why? Why does why does why does it affect us like this, church? Why does this particular sin affect us so negatively? And this is where that phrase comes in. It's simply because we were created for more. We were created for more. And that's the second thing I want to look at this morning is that we were created for more. Think back to Genesis. If you're anything like me, you think that work comes after the fall. That it's because of the fall that we now have to work. That it's because of the fall that, that now every day is so tiring and we have to work to survive. The idea of work and the concept of work and hard work has, has really come into a negative light in our world. That's why we're creating technology that makes our lives so much easier. But in actual fact, if you, if you see in Genesis chapter 2 verse 15, before the fall, it says the Lord God took the man and put him in the Garden of Eden to work it and take care of it. He put him in the Garden of Eden to work it and take care of it. Folks, this is before the fall. Before the fall, God put the man in the Garden of Eden to work it and take care of it. You see, we were made for more. A lot of us think that work is a bad thing or that work is a result of the fall, but it, it really isn't. That's really not the case. 
not the case. Work is a good thing. I remember back in the 2010 World Cup, I was in grade 9 at the time, and they gave us four weeks of school holidays during the World Cup, and then about four or six weeks later, we had another three-week holiday. I remember by the last week of the World Cup already, my friends and I were pulling out our hair because we were bored out of our minds. We had no idea what to do. I couldn't believe it. We were actually keen to go back to, church, uh, to, to school. We were excited to go back to school. And by the time that second holiday come, came, it was even worse because we really didn't know what to do with ourselves. We were so, so bored because the first three weeks of the holiday, we had done everything we wanted to do. Gone to see the movies we wanted to see, played the games we wanted to play, gone to see the people we wanted to see, and we were so bored. And this is where we come to the passage that was read for us this morning by Jabu. Uh, thank you, Jabu, for reading it so well for us. And that is the parable of the talents. And in this, in this parable, we see a master who goes away. And before going away, he gives five talents to one man, two talents to another man, and one talent to a third man. And, um, and he goes off. And please note that talents are not like, it's not, it's not literal talents. Like to the one guy, he, five, he gave five talents, so this guy was good at five things. But rather, a talent was a form of currency. It was a form of, of money. So it's not necessarily money. Uh, I mean, it's not necessarily um, currency or money related. But in this case, within the story, the talent was actually a currency. But the master goes away and the man who has given five talents, he goes and he basically invests and, and he, he works that money and he makes another five talents. The guy with two talents does the exact same thing. 100% interest, two talents he makes with those. But the third servant, the third servant, he goes away and he buries this talent. He buries this talent. He buries his talent and when he comes back, when the master comes back and he asks for the money, um, you know, the man says, Master, he said, and this is verse 24, I knew that you are a hard man, harvesting where you have not sown and gathering where you have not scattered seed. So I was afraid and I went out and I hid your gold in the ground. See, here is what belongs to you. And his master replied, you wicked, lazy servant. You knew that I harvest where I have not sown and gather where I have not scattered seed. Well then, you should have put my money on deposit with the bankers so that when I returned, I would have received it back with interest. You see, we think that this guy's being, he's being good because he's trying to protect what this master gave him. But the master comes back and refers to him as lazy, as slothful. You see, church, God has given us these talents and these gifts and these tools, not for us to bury them, but rather to, to work them and to make more of them, to use them for His glory. He has given us these talents and these gifts to grow His kingdom, not to sit on them, church. Not to sit on these talents and do nothing. Another thing I want to actually add from the story is that some of us, we sit on our talents because we think, well, I'm not as talented as this person. I'm not as gifted as this person. So I'll rather let that person do everything because they're the one who's gifted. 
They are the one who can do more because they are more talented. But notice in the, in the parable of the talents, the master has the exact same response to the person, the, the servant with five talents and the servant with two. In verse 21, to the, he responds to the servant who was given five talents and made five more. The master replied, well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful with a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. The man with two bags of gold also came. Master, he said, you trusted me with two bags of gold. See, I have gained two more. And his master replied, well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful with a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. You see, the master's response doesn't change. You see, a lot of us think that God will love us more if we do more, if we make more. If we produce more, if I work just a little bit harder, maybe God will love me more. And then there's other of us who think, well, I'm not doing as much as this person. Therefore, God probably only loves me this much. Or God will love me less than this person because, because I'm, I'm doing less. And I'm not as good uh, at serving as this person. Or I'm not being as effective as this person. But church, I want to say that is a lie that the devil has told you. And sometimes that lie pushes us into a space of unfaithfulness and slothfulness and laziness. Because why should I do anything when the more talented people are going to do it anyway? But in actual fact, the response is the same. Because you see, church, it's not about an amount it's not an issue of amounts. It's not an issue of, of who brings in more. It's an issue of the heart. God gave us these talents and these gifts and these tools. And maybe sometimes even the finances. And, and, and He wants us to be faithful stewards of those things. We are to be faithful stewards of those things. To go and work them. To be faithful. Not slothful and lazy and buried in the ground. So then how do we respond to this? Where do we go to from here? Think about the implications of this particular sin, church. Take a moment to think about how this sin has affected your goals. Take a moment to think about how this sin has affected your aspirations. Take a moment to think about how this sin has affected your families. Think about how it's gotten in the way of your relationship with God. How many times haven't we planned to read our Bibles and to spend time in prayer, to spend time with God, but rather we rather stick the TV on or find something better to do. Play golf. Go watch a movie. Go visit friends. How many times haven't we allowed this sin to get in the way of us coming and spending time in God's community? Think about how this sin has affected so many Christians who plan to reach out. So many Christians who plan to go and give time to go and serve in a particular space and yet they failed to do so because there was always something better and more relaxing to do. All of a sudden, this isn't a small sin. It's not one of the lesser than sins. And we need to see that this sin of slothfulness made it to the list of the seven deadly sins for a reason. I want to share a story of something that happened to me on Monday evening. So Monday evenings, we I'm part of a training program known as Transmission. And Transmission ends at about 8, but I help with packing up and setting down and, and what have you. And I just remember getting in my car and thinking, man, I can't wait to get home and to make some dinner and to put my feet up and just relax. I 
can't wait basically to get home and be slothful. <laughs> um, it's been a long day and I just want to get home. And it had drizzled lightly that evening and I stopped at the one robot and, and as I stopped I thought Man, I want to wind down my window and just smell the smell of rain. You know we haven't smelt the smell of rain in ages and so I wound down my window and as I accelerated away from this robot across the road on the other side of the road I was traveling on Linwood by the way but as I was traveling on the other side of the road I heard what sounded like scratching plastic and as I accelerated away from the robot and looked across to my right I saw this guy on a delivery bike who had fallen over and the bike had actually landed on him because it fell sideways as bikes do and I'm not gonna lie this is not about how good I am but rather about how terrible I am and how God had to challenge me in this moment but I drove and for so long the excuses started to pour in because man I was like let me go back and see if he's okay and I was like no but I want to get home and I want to chill I want to get home I want to make dinner I want to put on the TV and I just want to put my feet up it's been a long day I'm sure he's fine he wasn't going that fast we both accelerated away from the robot so it's not like he had been going 60 or 80 kilometers an hour I'm sure he's okay I'm sure someone else would have stopped for him because there were other cars at the robot but all these excuses piled in as to why I think it's okay that I'd rather go home and be slothful instead of going and checking up on this guy who's just fallen off his motorbike and then God started to challenge me <laughs> and he reminded me of all the sermons I've preached and all the conversations I've had where I've said how the church needs to be more effective how we as Christians need to be serving more and how where there's Christians those communities should be changed and revolutionized and then God reminded me about the sermon that I was going to be preaching this Sunday about laziness and slothfulness and how that can get in the way of us serving and growing the kingdom. And it was a very long wrestle because it took me all the way to the main intersection by the Grove Shopping Center. Keep in mind this happened by the robot by the Sassel Garage on Linwood and I drove all the way to the main intersection by the Grove and that was when I was like man I'm gonna rather turn around. So where I would usually turn left to go to my house I decided to turn right and make a U-turn and go back and see this guy and even on the way to going to him I was like he's probably gone um, maybe I shouldn't go back he's probably fine. And when I got there, this delivery biker named Peter was there and he was alone. Um, no one had stopped. He was still there. And I pulled over and I checked on him and, and thank God there was nothing wrong with him. He had a bit of a graze on his hand, but his legs were fine, which was where my main concern was. And um, I could just see how much it meant to Peter that I pulled over uh, to check up on him. And that was when I realized how quickly and how easily and how subtly this sin of slothfulness and laziness can stop us from being effective for God's kingdom and God's church. Church, we were made for so much more than just chilling. We have been forgiven for so much more. Think about the work that Jesus did all the way to the cross. Imagine if he got lazy. Imagine if Jesus got lazy. Imagine if he allowed the weight of everything to cause him to sit back and be like, you know what, Father, I'm just going to tap out here. Father, I'm done. I'm tired. I'm taking a break. I'm not going to the cross and I'm not completing this job. He is our example of what it means to start something. 
He is our example of what it means to finish what we started and to walk this road so diligently with, one and, with the one who called us to that task. I am created and forgiven for more. I am created and forgiven for more. Church, this isn't me saying that technology is bad. And that having time outside where you, sorry, time aside where you chill and where you watch TV is a bad thing. That's not at all what I'm saying. But how sweet would it be if on that final day when we meet Jesus, we hear the words echoed in verse 21. Well done, my good and faithful servant. How good would it be on that day when we meet Jesus to hear those words, Well done, my good and faithful servant. Wow. Man, if there's one thing I want to hear on that day, it's exactly that. It's those words exactly. Church, we were created for more. So let's not allow the sin to cause us to sit on what God has given us. And as I close, I want to challenge us today as we go into this new week. In every moment we catch ourselves slipping into slothfulness and laziness that we would remember we were created for more. Every time we catch ourselves slipping into laziness and slothfulness that we would remember that we were created for more. Let's pray. Father, we want to thank you for your word. We thank you, Lord, that it is your word that you have written, that it challenges us, Lord, in every aspect of our lives, including this aspect of slothfulness and laziness. Father, I want to pray that this week as we go out, every time that we uh, feel lazy or we feel this urge to slip into slothfulness and laziness, Lord, that you would remind us that we are created for more. Father, we thank you that we are fearfully and wonderfully made in your image. And Father, I pray for our church, Red Door Church, as we seek to be city-loving and community-cultivating, Father, that, that you would help us to be true to that and that this sin would not creep into our church and allow us to, to be less effective in those ways. Father, I pray that you help us be faithful with the mission that you've set before us. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.